Hey, welcome to the Afikr Podcast. My name is Mikey Mahenna. On today's episode, we feature a conversation with Wadah Faris. Wadah is a photographer and has been involved in the art scene in the Arab world for almost five decades. This conversation was hosted by Afikta volunteer, Maisa Kafil Hussein. I hope you enjoy it. Well, welcome, everybody. Um, thank you so much for joining today's call. My name is Mikey Mahenna. I'm the executive director of Afikta, and it's my pleasure to welcome you to this very special Afikta Conversations. It is my honor to introduce uh, Maisa, who is an archive manager, an art researcher, and writer focusing on the Arab world. And she is also Africa's Europe regional ambassador and is based in London. She's been a part of the team for a very long time. And I'm very excited that she's going to be leading this interview. Maisa, take it away. Thank you, Mikey. Um, hi, everyone. I'll just do a very quick intro. Um, so Wadah Faris is a man of many trades. He's a designer, artist, photographer, art critic, and former gallerist. After spending much of his youth in Beirut, he traveled to the UK to study architecture in the late 1950s, then deciding it wasn't for him and transferred to study in Berlin. Um, he returned to Beirut in 1963 and began working as a designer for publishing houses, including Dar el-Tali'a, a radical publishing house where he designed books for Ghassan Kanifani in particular. He then started working for Hewar magazine, where he gave a voice to artists of the region and also later worked with Share magazine and Ennahar newspaper. In the 1970s, he opened Contact Art Gallery, which became a central feature of Beirut's art scene for three years. And he also designed innovative catalogues for the Baalbek Festival in 1973 and 1974. He then moved to Paris in 79, where he established Gallery Faris and continued to promote Arab and European contemporary art and has been living in Barcelona since 1984. Throughout all of these experiences, Wadah has been constantly taking incredible, candid photographs of Beirut and all of the fascinating people around him. Thank you so much, Wadah, for being with us today. It's such an honor to have you on Africa Conversations. Wadah, can you hear us? Yeah, now, yes. Yes, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the sound is okay. You can hear everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, perfect. Okay, so I'll get started with that. Thank you again for being here. I want to start um, kind of with a biographical question, and I'll start pretty early on in your life. I've been reading Zaina Maasri's book, Cosmopolitan Radicalism, which is amazing, and it, um, it talks about you and your work quite a bit. And she used this one phrase um, uh, that you have a hyphenated Iraqi Syrian Lebanese identity. So I wanted to explore that a bit. You were born in Aleppo. It's oh, a couple of hyphens. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Syrian, Palestinian, Arab identity. So many things. Well, I just wanted to. So I just wanted to clarify. Your mother was Syrian. Your father was Iraqi. I just wanted to know, like, how how long did you spend in Syria? When did you move to Lebanon? Did you did you ever spend time in Iraq as well? Yes, very time at the beginning in the, in the when my sister was uh, born, which is I was four or four then. Uh, I spent maybe a year and a half, two years in Iraq as a child. Uh, before that, in Turkey, when my brother was born. And I, as a matter of fact, I, I learned Turkish before I learned Arabic. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I went to school there. 
as a kid. Uh, back again to Syria, short spell in Iraq, Once or a short time in Istanbul, and I remember the wife of the ambassador, who was a friend of my mother's, was the artist Fakhrinissa. Oh, wow. Because uh, the consul, the minister, really potential uh, uh, minister, then was. Amir Zaid in in Istanbul. So uh, it's uh, it's a composition of memoir which uh, uh, really defeats me. I can't understand. <laughs> so a lot of hyphens. There's just so, too many hyphens between yeah. all the various parts of your identity. Ended up in Beirut at when I was seven. And I went to school first there in Al-Ahliya, which is a school mainly for girls it was. Then it became mixed. Uh, and it was by a great, memorable, uh, founded by a, a great educationist, uh, uh, Mrs. Cortas, Maryam Cortas's mother. Fantastic lady. And that is where I started learning about being an Arab as an identity. Uh, then, again, luckily, I went to school in the mountains, in Shulgarb, where the headmaster was another memorable character where, which, where I was more aware of him. He is a Syrian Protestant minister who was the head of our school. Tawfiq Habbas. I think anybody my age who has been to, to uh, Lebanon would, would as well remember him. Then to university mm -hmm. where AUB in 1958. So you studied at AUB? Pardon? I was going to ask you about your university. I thought, did you go to the yes, university? Yes, yes. My, my, you can call it throughout, not a university uh, curriculum, but more an education okay. in the broadest sense. So I went from course to another to another, from uh, beginning in architecture to ending up in art in Germany. It's it's a it's a it's a mixed yeah. thing that re rotates really around my uh, 
my my illusions of the time mm -hmm. and art was one of them that took me through design to a career a short one and a bit of memories that accumulated after that. Of course. So when you went to the UK to study architecture, you decided to change. It's an odd thing. It was, uh, it was when I wanted to go study essentially all, the only thing I want to do was study art. And I had a confrontation with my father, who is a self-made man that grew into the diplomatic service, civil service in Iraq, who had his own ideas about his eldest son. Now, in Beirut, I started having thoughts about art. And I, my first application to university was to Madrid for the School of Art in Madrid University. And I got an application acceptance, everything all settled. Now I need to get the approval of my father for support. Mm -hmm. My father, bless his soul, you can see his photo there, uh, was glum and told me to come and see him at his office at the embassy, which was at the end of Commodore Street in that time where our house was at the beginning of Commodore Street, near the Hotel Commodore. And I, I didn't know, I thought probably it was a girl affair or something, or, uh, and I was perplexed. Why, why is he calling me to, to his, his office and seriously? Mm -hmm. So I go to the office, and he's shuffling through papers, very embarrassed to start the ch chat. And I thought, my God, what is it? Some parents, something. <laughs> and he goes, I have no son that is going to be a cabaret musician. That's artist for him. So, it made an argument in the family. My mother was more cultured, to say, educated, cultured, educated and cultured person. And she was uh, in between. And then negotiations made me settle for the nearest to art, which is architecture. So we went to England. <laughs> so then when you were in England, what point did you realize 
architecture isn't for me. I'm more interested in graphics. That was the beginning. It was one architect that I knew at the time studying in uh, Oxford College of Technology because the, at that time they had a school of architecture and he introduced me to Reginald Cave who is the president who said, oh, very interesting, very interesting. Uh, uh, come so and so uh, for an interview. So I went. And usually I observe. I didn't prepare like your interview today for nothing. I didn't even read a book. Anything, I'm nothing. I didn't even see your old interviews. I had seen one before. And this original cave started asking me questions about how did you come here? I said, I walked. And uh, no, did you take the elevator? No, no, I usually go by on the stairs, stairs there. And going up, automatically I had, I don't know, I, I don't, in, I never intend this, but that's how I, I, I see things. I start counting the steps. It's three stories. I know how many steps every story. I count the tiles <laughs> to pass the time. I know what color, what, uh, how, what's the sequence. And he asked me all these questions. I answered them perfectly. I was admitted to the first class. But I spent my time learning about my life abroad. It's, the first thing, two, I paint, sketched a lot, painted and sketched a lot. And that took me a lot of time. Mm -hmm. By then, one of our, my older, oldest friends uh, as, as a child, Iraqi, I knew in Beirut, uh, said, why don't we go to Beirut? I said, yeah, let's come to Beirut. He came with a, his, an Iranian girlfriend. I remember her name even now. Very charming lady. Uh, they all came to Beirut and I took care of uh, showing them around and then Beirut, you know, Lebanon, the mountains. At that time, my father had an had a Parkinson problem, and he had a, a, a treatment to make a surgery in, in, in the brain in Edinburgh, and he had to go with my, my mother. And I was left alone in the city. Wow. So that was the early 1960s. That was in 19-something, anyway. <laughs> I, come to me. Uh, I meet my 
the, the president of my school in Beirut. Homsi, gentleman, fantastic person. What are you doing? And your parents are not here. Said, uh, I'm, I have to stay. Would you think coming and teaching with us this summer? And I was in, uh, at school in mathematics, tops. I said, yes. She says, yes, you can, can teach for the summer mathematics, geometry, arithmetic, and algebra. Full time. And you can stay at school. It means I've been locked. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, yes, I was very enthusiastic. By then, not to take you too long in it, into it, but uh, I, I had uh, a feeling for these kids. They were in the summer. They are divided two parts. Either they are kids that their parents didn't want on their, on their own vacation and trips to Europe or something, or those that didn't do well in the year before, but they wanted to okay. recuperate. You were their teacher. And these were my, my favorites. So I divided the class into two parts. One part, they can do whatever they want. Mm -hmm. They can go out anytime they want. They can come back anytime they want. That's, they will all pass. Nice. They must have loved you. They loved me. They loved me a lot. <laughs> of course. Another part, there were a few people, maybe seven or six or seven, who were the guys that did the work. And I learned a lot from them. Really? Finally, they, we gave them exams and, and, and it all worked well. The 60s for 70% of the students. And these top kids were top throughout their life. Mm -hmm. I've been following, I've followed them as long as I could. That's amazing. Okay, so I'll, I'll, I'll try and continue because we have so much to get through with that. But I wanted to ask you about, so when you moved to, when you went back to Beirut and you started yeah. working for um, publishing houses, you were involved with some political publications. And obviously yeah. oh. it was a very interesting time politically. Okay. That is from 1958, yeah. when I went to university, I had a friend, a childhood friend, his name is Cesar Namur. We were neighbors in Rusidani, where his father, Shukri Shammah's stepfather, father, in reality, he was more of father than any father I've known of my friends. Great gentleman, old man, Shukri Shammas. We lived near the, them. 
we lived in a rented apartment uh, on Sidani Street. They were at, across the road in in uh, in in that same street. Shukri Shamas's little villa. At that time, he was an engineer in working in the in Iraq and beginning work in the Gulf. But his son, Cesar, was a lifelong friend to a, to a degree that one day when I founded the, I, just, I found contact at the Spain. Mm -hmm. <coughs> and I decided, yes, I want to see it. It's a long story. Uh, and I really flipped on the place, but I didn't have an idea for an art gallery. Mm -hmm. it, I wanted a design place I could sit and work, and in Hamra environment. And the only person I thought when I was asked to, uh, to, to see the contract, I don't know anything about contracts, nothing. I am zero till now. So I thought of my friend Cesar, who was studying business administration in the U.S. when our, we started university. And I called him. He was very excited, came down at that time. He was in one of his business adventures that some worked, some didn't work. But the gallery stayed with him because he really was enthusiastic about this thing. It stayed for a year, this partnership. Then he said, uh, he packed the books and went home. Mm -hmm. So and I can't stand all that, you know. Your chaos. Yes, but that, that's my line of work. I, I really like chaos. We'll, we'll talk more about contact just shortly, but I, I wanted to ask you, um, uh, so when you were working for these, these publishing houses, when you first came back to, to Lebanon? I started, I started before learning about publishing with this man. He yes. was the editor, assistant editor of Al Hurriya, the second Fani. Yes. That's before I started in An Nahar or uh, the other uh, publishing house, Hayats. Yeah, and you were designing book covers for him in the 60s. You were designing book covers for him in the 1960s? No, the books, book covers came after I knew him, after I worked with him. Yeah. The first book cover, Maut Sarira Kantnash. It's uh, his first collection of novels. Okay, okay, amazing. I will, I will go on to the next part because we've got such little, I, so many things. His, so, his, uh, oh, the only copy that's left of it to his family. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Wow. I borrowed it, but uh, we were locked up. I couldn't, you know, I still have it for, for to, for when I go back to Beirut. Wow, that's, that's a collectible item right there. That's very important. 
that's it's very valuable yeah. for me. <laughs> okay. Well, that, I just want to ask you about Hiwar magazine. So you started working for Hiwar in 1964, and you made some really, really big changes to the magazine. It went from a simple cover to a very, you know, beautifully designed canvas for Arab artists. Yeah. Can you can you talk us through that period um, briefly and the decisions you were making about the design? I'll tell you. First, Tawfiq Sayyid. You know, it's always the people that make you make the choices. A, he was hounded by everybody from the beginning, before all this uh, history of Hiwar's uh, uh, relationship and so on started. But Tufiq was the only the, of the early people that had confidence in me to give an opinion, either in design or in uh, an article, art, artist he wants to uh, reflect on. And I uh, contributed without, uh, uh, you know, but it was a contribution that he Took, uh, took seriously. None of that uh, young man uh, uh, having illusions or ideas or whatever it is. He, he, no, he was a serious and serious person about his ideas and about other people's ideas. And I learned a lot from him and I contributed as much as I, I, I could, partly the method of changing the, the shape of the, of, of the uh, magazine, of uh, uh, concentrating a bit on, more on art in a bit more detail, uh, it was, it was, it set a trend in, in similar publications. No, exactly. It really did. It was a very important change at the time. And then you moved on to, um, share magazine after Hewar was closed down in 66. Yes. Yes. And then, and then after that, you moved on to an Nahar newspaper. Nahar so, newspaper. Yes. Yeah. That also started by, uh, I helped Sha'ar uh, when I was working in Naha. Sometimes I would design a cover, sometimes something about an artist, something, uh, illustrations to poetry or whatever it is. How well these things are here. These were uh, Vietnamese poems modern Vietnamese poets and, and uh, Tufik was a patriarch, not Tufik, Yusuf, a patriarch, one of our patriarchs of law, the Debrihodish do something. Do something. That's all, all he, he cared about. 
<laughs> and do something. And I would spend nights doing this, doing that, doing this in negative. So it was, that was the beginnings of Anahar until I started doing the uh, literary supplement mainly for Unsil Hajj and his ilk because they, uh, we were tribes in Anahar, groups, well managed by uh, an intellectual of the time that we miss very much now. Uh, not his politics, but his sense of ability to manage groups of people of different political, uh, uh, artistic, literary trends, different. There were uh, people like, on the one side, on Sirhaj, a high intell intellectual person, on the other side, uh, a person like Francois Achel, who is the uh, the the dynamo of the of the of, uh, uh, secretary editorial secretary. On the other hand, uh, another Isam uh, Mahfouz. Uh, so many people, so many important people at the time. These people were quite different, and uh, they all lived their excellent experience in a Nahar. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Now we have something similar, but uh, I don't know, uh, not, but not in that line, mm -hmm. not in an so open line. It was more, there is, there are well-structured editorial works like in Al Akbar, it's a great newspaper now, but it's not an harm. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's another thing. But the quality, these qualities are rare to come by. Yeah, of course. And also it was such an interesting time. So the newspaper was the product of such an interesting time, of course, as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, so before I move on to talking about your photography, which I'm personally very excited about asking about, I want to discuss the 1970s. So firstly, you op as you were saying before with uh, César Namor, you opened Contact Gallery in 1972. You withdrew afterwards. Withdrew afterwards, yes. So what made you decide... Oh, oh sorry, I missed that. Ah. I missed what you just said. No, that, after, after, but, but he withdrew. It doesn't mean that our, anything happened to our friendship. Oh, okay, of course. <laughs> him, uh, and one day I was taking a dip in his swimming pool in Arabia and he started as, you know, uh, uh, directing inquisitive uh, questions because by then, in a year, the gallery from nothing flourished into a trendsetter in, in, in galleries in, in Beirut. Mm -hmm. 
And so he was asking about it, about the gallery, how I'm doing. I said, I don't know how I'm doing. I'm doing. So long as it's open, it's open. <laughs> so what made you decide so initially? Very interested. I told him. Do you still feel like working uh, in the gallery again? <laughs> he jumped on the thing. He said, Yes, and I can bring, what do we need? I said, ah, we need to recapitalize because we started with 10,000 Lebanese pounds, which was less than $3,000 at the value of them mm -hmm. that time. Now we have to start with a capital of 100,000 Lebanese pounds, which means 30, 30, 30, uh, each person, three partners. He says, no, no, no. I get my brothers, my sisters, my... I said, no, 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 no brothers, no sisters, not until we get, we offer the girl that works for a whole year for us, for free. Mm -hmm. and then she became his girlfriend then. Uh, her name is... Uh, it come to me now. <laughs> some of my best friends' names. It's okay. If you remember it later, you can tell it. I said, until we ask her if she can work for us, because she worked for us for free, for a wow. whole year. <laughs> so I went to her. He says, no, okay, you talk to her. I, I, we are not on speaking terms. So good. So going down from his swimming pool, I went to her home, Mireille Tabit. Yes, I think some people were saying that in the chat just now. Some people were giving the name. Uh, yeah, yeah, Mireille Tabit. Mireille Tabit is uh, a bourgeois girl of a very good family. Her father was, I don't know what line, but was jurist of of fame in Lebanon at that time. And they had their home uh, where there is a mosque now. It was, anyway, uh, I offered her, you know, the, my idea. She said, yes, immediately. How much do I, should I participate in? I said, it is based on part, equal partnerships, 33,000. Next morning, I had a check for $3,000, uh, Lebanese pounds, Lebanese pounds. Wow. And we formed the gallery. That's incredible. I mean, I and I, it was based that each one handled something. Cesar takes the books and handles the budget and whatever it is. She handles the space and opening, closing, and meeting people. Art is my line. Yeah. Well, we only have about 10 minutes left to talk, so I'm going to try and get through the rest very quickly. Okay. I wish we could talk more about contact because it's such a fascinating time. But I quickly want to ask very, very quickly about the Baalbek festival programs that you designed, because you did this very important thing, which was you sponsored reproductions of Lebanese artworks 
as a substitute for commercial advertising. Can you quickly talk about us, sorry, talk us through that decision and that process? Mm, yes. Uh, always, you know, when I'm offered a, a project, it's usually offered under, oh, we like what the hell is this young, new young man. Uh, that's the idea. Because before that, it was uh, quite a plush publication and well done. And it concentrated on the thematic part in showing uh, images of Lebanon and art of what happened in Lebanon, not art paintings, but you know, all the old gravures and so on, which were done by a, a very brilliant uh, ar architect, Lebanese architect. Um, also, I come back with the names now. Uh, and uh, but it was classical. The whole thing had nothing modern about it. So for me, uh, that segment was something I, I, I wanted to, uh, you know, burrow through. And advertising after that or before that was a fridge was a fridge, a car was a car. Uh, I thought at that time, there were in Life magazine sponsored art pages in the 70s. And that was the first contemporary art that I've seen in living periodicals. You know, time in the in the time time, but not time. Life, Life magazine, in Life magazine. Fine. I thought also we'll do Lebanese art. First, the idea was refused because they said nobody in the advertisers won't accept. So I went to United Printers, my friends, and we did a fascicule layout or fascicule page, uh, name a company uh, that donates the image, etc. And the logo, as 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 you see, mm -hmm. all the advertisers flipped on this idea. So it was. I started just collecting n'importe quoi. I mean, just assembling few so that I can fill the pages with the logos. And they were all sold out and outstanding orders. If, if there isn't somebody declines, they will uh, uh, substitute. They, they like the idea. Mm 
Yeah, it's a, no, it's a very nice idea. I've, I've had the opportunity to look through the program and it's a very and big... The second program, yeah. when I decided to do it on a period, full period, 100 years yeah. of Lebanese art. Yeah. It's very, it's a very interesting initiative that you did and like a lot of people, a lot of people... Um, that is then, and that idea, yeah. that idea of 100 years of Lebanese art caught the imagination of some uh, Lebanese uh, sponsors who like to dabble in, in cultural activity and promotion mm -hmm. in London. Mm -hmm. And they proposed to me to do uh, the idea of an exhibition mm -hmm. in London. Mm -hmm. on Lebanese art, but that required not getting images, but going and... Being paintings. Uh, going through through the, the help of asking people to contribute their works mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and insurance, and I don't know what, and I don't know what. And at that time, I didn't have the, the time for this. So they did it their way. You know, yeah, the wrong way. It's something I never participated in, but that was the trigger of that idea. Okay, well, I we we have such little time, and there's still so much to get through. Um, you then moved to Paris, of course, and then you opened Gallery Faris. I won't dwell too much on this because I really want to talk about your photography very quickly, um, but. I actually just wanted to ask because you were you were basically the first Arab art gallery in Paris. The Arab World Institute didn't open until the the following year. So, was there a good reception to the gallery? Were Parisians interested in Arab art? And I'll tell you. All my life, before that and after that, all you can you can take it as a quote was accidents that I caught and developed through my life. I had no idea about, I didn't even have the money to start a gallery in Paris. By then I was living in Rue de Vougirard with a girlfriend whom I uh, decided to not to let her go because I was working in London. I left my job, I left everything, and we went to Paris because she got a, an offer to do to, to work as a, a stagiaire, as trainee in Dior, Christian Dior in Paris. And I, the only thing, we, the only time we met is when I drove her to her Dior, and that's it. In, driving there, I always saw a big two two shops, two beautiful shops, with uh, by a CD, uh, uh, you know, to lease. Mm -hmm. 
But I didn't speak French. I didn't know. I didn't speak a word of French, except bonjour, ça va. And ça va, I always thought was a Lebanese uh, uh, word. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So I went to uh, my, my cafe, the Domago, and next to me was always the same guy reading the same book here, by which I he eventually left to me. I said, look, what is by acid? He says it means to lease. I said, thank you very much. I went home, took a shower, changed, changed my shirt, took the phone. Dialed the number of the guy who was proposing the biasity. I want to look at it. I was curious. I want to know the price. I want to know something. Uh, and his name was Monsieur Fuchs, the agent. He came on the phone, we made an appointment, I went to see him, then we went to inspect the gallery. The gallery was 50 Rue de l'Université. 50 Rue de l'Université, that's it. And uh, it was run by a young man who was always fidgeting and trying to sell me a chair. I'm sitting on it now. <laughs> amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. Wow. Yeah, yeah, crazy. It's really crazy. Amazing. And I said, no, later on we'll see. I didn't want to talk to him about mm -hmm. uh, the business of uh, leasing, but it cost us the time of the... Of the uh, the agent. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I went out, made the turn, took a coffee, came back. Mm -hmm. I said, now about this chair. What's, what's, what's this problem of yours? Uh, beautiful big space. Why, why are you selling it? He said, well, it doesn't belong to me. I am only Gerard here. Mm -hmm. uh, and it belongs, so he gave me a name of one of these millionaire uh, uh, French uh, industrialist. Mm -hmm. And then he says, but his boyfriend died for whom he had bought this gallery. Now he doesn't want it. And he doesn't want to pay for it. And we're two months overdue. And they will take it from me if I can't pay the the the, the money. Mm -hmm. Said how much? Two months. It was I think about six thousand francs mm -hmm. for two months. Said well, look, let me think about it, and I. But in the meantime, I bought this chair. And I'll answer you tomorrow. Don't worry. Yeah. 
My younger brother, Bishop, who died now, God bless his soul, was working in Saudi Arabia. So I thought, I, I only have Bishop to talk to about. Hello, Bishop. Look, I'm thinking of opening a gallery, but I don't have money. I'm, I'm finished. He's in you know, how much do you need? How much do you need? How much? What, what do you need? I said, nothing. Now I want to start. I want to rent the place. I want to open it. And by then, Allah will have there. Tell the figure. I said, 100,000 francs will be fine. Just tomorrow in the Arab Bank in, in Paris, you go see one B Mr. Bishara, and he will have the transfer ready. There were 250,000 francs. Wow, okay. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing, but I, yeah, but my brother was amazing, amazing. Yeah. Yeah, he sounds it. He all, sounds all my it. friends were amazing. Yeah, of course. By the time we opened yeah. this exhibition, that, uh, which you see on your screen, I had selected a number of Arab artists to exhibit the opening. I was almost broke again. Okay. Almost. Yeah. Yeah, almost. Well, it clearly and went well. So I had a friend yeah. who decided to come from the States and help me with uh, the gallery. Mm -hmm. His name is Isam Krumford. I sent him a story and uh, he came, the guy, I sent him to Baghdad to get art, artists. I sent him to, I don't know where, uh, came back, did things. He was working just like, uh, like a fool. He said, look, Allah. I'm going, I know you're not going to be able to pay my next trip to Baghdad. I don't have much money, but I'll go and sell a piece of land that he has with his sisters in Beirut and bring the money back. <laughs> he went, sold his land and brought the money back and started helping in keeping the gallery going. Amazing. That's, and it lasted for a few years. Uh, it lasted. No, he left. He had to leave for, mm -hmm. for work in the States mm -hmm. in less than a year. And the gallery lasted three years. Okay. Three years exactly. Okay. Well, we. I just have one very last question. recreate myself uh, in a near Spanish identity. In Barcelona, yes. 
in Barcelona. Yeah, amazing. Okay, well, we literally the 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 conversation is going to end very soon. We we would love to have time for like one or two questions at least. And I would have wanted to ask you so much about your photography, but there's so much to talk about. I mean, I don't know if anyone wants to, to ask about the photography themselves. I mean, I would love for you to just to tell us a little bit about your work. And I don't know if you have a favorite photograph that you've taken over the years or a favorite person that you've photographed. There's so much we could talk about when it comes to your photography. passion to take pictures like this mm -hmm. of people I knew only. And that started with a photograph, maybe you've seen it somewhere, uh, of my grandmother. That was my first camera that was given to me by my father in, it's a Kodak Bellows thing, you know, one of these old uh, cameras. Uh, and that was my first photographic work. Not, nothing serious by then, but that photograph of my mother is something I treasure. Mm -hmm. uh, then I started borrowing cameras from friends to photograph until one day uh, Sammy Kerkeby, God bless his soul, all my best friends uh, passed before me anyway, comes and uh, uh, offers me to design a dépliant for Visiting, uh, uh, visiting group that are coming to to the opening of uh, Karl Heinz Stockhausen. It's nineteen hours. In yeah, nineteen hours. This guy talks so much. Karl Heinz Stockhausen concert. So that was this photo here. Yeah. I discovered there is that Max Ernst is going to be arriving mm -hmm. with the group. Oh, so I run down to uh, to uh, to uh, the camera shop of uh, that great photographer Manuk. And I buy my first serious camera. Amazing. To accompany, kidnap this guy it's, uh, uh, from the festival people mm -hmm. because they are all cocktail agents, and he, I find out that he was fed up of it. So I said, come, I, I, I'll show you Beirut. I took him around Beirut, mm -hmm. the old churches, the souks, the things, and I was photographing all the time and dumping these films with, in my suitcases or uh, developing some of the negative, and, uh, and that's it. 
I without, wish sorry to interrupt. I think we are past time and I want to respect your time and respect everyone else's time. Um, I wonder if we can take one question just from the chat. Uh, there was a question that came from, from Joyce um, that was, what about your relationship with Yusuf and Helen uh, Al-Khal? Mm. And if I can ask you, if you could try to answer this question, maybe in two, three minutes, because I don't want to take too much of your time. Yusuf was, uh, was uh, the patriarch of this little tribe, which, which contained from people from uh, Riyad Reyes, from uh, all that group of share of uh, uh, he was one of the leading persona in Beirut and we held him in, in respect not necessarily accepted his line of thinking in many ways we, we differed but uh, that was a person of that period for us. And Helen is something else. Helen was, the first time I met her, I met her before I met him properly, was in Thea Porter's home in Lebanon. Thea Porter was the wife of uh, a consular personality in the British Embassy, but she was an artist. And I had seen her first exhibition at uh, a gallery in Beirut, and it was something really new to, to Beiruti practices. And we became friends, very good friends for a long time. And Helen was her, uh, her, what? Her doyen in the field of, in the art field of Beirut. And, uh, and she spoke very favorably of her attitude to work. And I like that. And we also maintained a friendship till the end of her life. Thea. Uh, Helen, I'm sorry. And when finally my, my uh, life took its final shape. I wanted to, uh, you know, introduce my wife to the Lebanese. And of the first that I wanted her to meet was Helen. So we went to New York and we met her there. And that stuck a friendship that never ends till now. Incredible. 
Also in Lebanon, I wanted her to know the doyen of uh, of the art scene, the cultural scene, the leftist cultural scene in Beirut was uh, the lady that founded uh, uh, Dar al-Fan, etc., etc. Anyway. Thank you so much. Um, Mesa, do you want to just go to the end, end of the slides? Well, I think the, the main conclusion of this is I think we need to have you back for part two Definitely. because we didn't, we didn't get through the ending of uh, everything we wanted to go through. So we'd like to have you back. I've advanced in my cataloging of the images, my, my compendium of photography, we which we need a special event just on your photography. I would love to uh, to thank you again for uh, for joining, and a special thanks to Mesa for uh, conducting the interview. This was a huge thrill for us. Anytime. Um, if you want to connect with Wadah and see his photography, you can find him on social media um, at the link that's shown on the screen. We'll send out a link um, via email where you can give us some feedback on today's event and a, uh, another link on how you can support our work and make sure that conversations like this remain abundant and free to everyone who's interested in joining. Um, and as always, you can look us up on our website and connect with us there. We'll have another call on Thursday with Charles El Hayek, um, the man behind the Instagram account, Heritage and Roots, uh, who is a historian and an educator in his own right. All right, everybody. Thank you so much. Wadah, thank you so much for joining us. Um, and special thanks to your son for helping coordinate this. Uh, so thank, thank you, you Taymour. Thank you, Wadah, and thank you, Taymour. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. We have new episodes coming every single week. Make sure you follow us on social media, on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. You can find us at afikra.com for information about all upcoming events. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks a lot. See you next time and stay curious.